0: We are in the, in the series on the key figures of the Bible, and uh, we are moving from the Old Testament into the New Testament. And i got a brand new graphic that we're going to throw up for you. Um, it, it's not the one that, we, that we've had in the Old Testament because we are moving into the New Testament. And, uh, and there it is. There's our little Bible timeline. And if you say, wow, that looks kiddish. That's exactly where I got it from. It's actually from kids' church. That's where I found it. And uh, and this is our Bible timeline. And we see there in the Old Testament it starts with creation and moved into the patriarchs. Well, we've talked about that: Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, uh, Joseph. There, Exodus. Uh, that's where they were. Uh, God's people were in bondage there in Egypt, and Moses comes in and says, "You got to let God's people go." They come out. They spend forty years in the wilderness. Joshua then leads the people across the Jordan River into the promised land, they they conquer the land there, they enter into the time of the judges, and then they say, hey, we want to be like everybody else, we want a king, we want a king, and uh, Samuel anoints Saul as the very first king, David would come after that. And Solomon, and then after a period of time in the the kingdom, we we talked about that the kingdom split into the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, and then they went into exile. They were conquered uh, there by the Babylonians, and some other folks came in there. Then they returned back, and we talked about that, uh, uh, where Nehemiah comes back, and Nehemiah rebuilds the wall around Jerusalem. They came back in, and they rebuilt the temple. And Ezra comes back, and he brings the word of God back into. Jerusalem. And then uh, uh, just a few weeks ago, I preached on Malachi. And Malachi was like the last voice in the Old Testament, some 400 years before Christ. And so when you see the silence up there, that's what that's for, because there was 400 years, um, no prophets, nobody declaring the word of the Lord um, in the scripture, 400 years. And then we get to the gospels the Gospels tell the story of Jesus. Uh, They are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in your Bible. Those are the Gospels, and they tell the story of Jesus. And then you move into the church. That's the book of Acts, where the church begins to be established. And then um, as you continue to read through your Bible, and you get into 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians and Romans, all of these Um, All of these are epistles. They were letters that were written to the church. So this is really the establishment of the church as you read through the Bible. The missions also included in there as they were going into all the world, preaching the gospel, reaching into the unreached. People that have never heard before and then you move all the way into uh, the future. So tonight we are crossing over from the, the 400 years of silence from the last book of Malachi into the Gospels, the story of Jesus, and how could we not start the story of Jesus without starting with Mary, the mother of Jesus. So we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 1 tonight. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If not, no problem. We'll have all of the verses on the big Bible in the sky right behind me. Uh, but tonight, uh, we're going to be talking about five, charisteri- five characteristics of Mary, five characteristics of Mary, and if you if you see this this bracelet here, you know I meant to say this at the beginning, um, but I was given this tonight as Destiny was just talking um, about the event here at Barksdale. Um, This uh, bracelet is uh, a representative of of a man who is either a POW or a, a MIA, um, and uh, the. Uh, uh, and so th- this is why I'm, I'm wearing this tonight, and I think it's appropriate tonight because you know what, there, there is so much resolve in the, uh, in the American spirit, and right now in our country, we need that like never before. Uh, from the floods that are happening, the hurricanes that are hitting, the West Coast that is burning up. Uh, you have uh, all of the things going on in North Korea and all of the different things that we're dealing with in, in our country, um, uh, all of the different issues. Um, we, 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 we need the, the, the resolve of the American spirit right now. And uh, we need to get back to, to the roots uh, of, of that American spirit. And we need, we need to pray, and we need to be people of faith, and we need to be pioneers, we need to be people that believe, and people that stand for truth. And so tonight, um, I'm, I'm wearing this uh, in honor of Captain Carl Jackson, who, uh, uh, who was never was never located. And so anyway, we're going to get into the Word tonight, and, and uh, this is just reminding me to pray for, our, pray for our nation and to be one that stands up, amen, stands up with the resolve that America and, and our city needs. Five characteristics of Mary. Five characteristics of Mary. We're going to be going into Luke chapter 1. The first characteristic that we're going to talk about tonight is that Mary Was ready. Mary was ready. The first characteristic of Mary was that she was ready. We're going to read this in verse 26 of Luke chapter 1. It says In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman the Lord is with you. Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. you know, whenever we talk about being ready and we talk about readiness, readiness has a posture and a mentality to it. And it's the mentality that you live with that affects the posture that you live in. Let me say that again. It's the mentality that you live with that affects the posture that you live in, and posture is so important. I, I want you to think just a moment about uh, uh, about uh, the T-ball versus Major League Baseball. Okay, if you've ever been to a T-ball game, and uh, you go and you watch six and seven-year-olds uh, play T-ball, and you see the kids in the outfield, and they're walking around out there in the outfield, and they're you know picking up the flowers, and you know I mean they're just doing all this stuff. And the game's going on right now. This is not break time. This is while action is happening, you know. And, and you wonder, whenever you go to the major league ballpark, you never see that, right? <laughs> I mean, you never see the outfielder wandering around, going over to the warning track, you know, playing in the dirt. That never happens. Why? Because the t-ball, he's, he's worried about picking up the daisies, but the major leaguer, he's worried about picking up his paycheck. Have I mean, you understand? It changes your posture, when you have a different mentality, it changes your posture. That's why in the major leagues, hey, they're ready. Every single time that, that pitch is thrown, they're ready for whatever might come their way because the mentality that they're in is i got to do my best because if I don't get, do my best, what's going to happen to me? I'm going to get cut. If I get cut, I don't get a paycheck. If I don't have a paycheck, I can't afford my home, and my wife's probably going to leave me. And so they're out there now. I mean, they are giving it all they've got. They've got a different mentality, and that mentality changes their Posture. And in sports, there's something that's called the ready position. In every sport, it's just, it's just an athletic position. It's a position that you get in that you are ready for anything and everything. And that's the way that we should live our lives. We should live our life in that posture. You know, I, I remember playing in, um, I guess it was my, my sophomore year uh, in, in baseball, we were playing in the state semifinal game. And um, uh, we 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 had a play. It was it was a close game. It was actually zero to zero late into the game. We ended up winning one to nothing late in the game. But uh, it was it was towards the fifth or sixth inning, and there was a runner on first base. If you know anything about baseball, there was a runner on first base. I was playing third, and as the as the 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 hitter laid down a bun, and I came in, I came charging in. And I, and I caught the ball and I threw it to first base. And when I, I threw it to first base, I realized that there was nobody covering third base because I had left, and the shortstop was covering second, and the, the catcher was there at home. And so I threw it to first base, and I knew that this team, our coach had been telling us, this team is very aggressive running the bases, and so uh, they they like to get you out of position. And so whenever I picked up the ball, I threw it to first. And before I even watched what happened over there, I turned around and I just took off sprinting as fast as I could. Now. speed was not my game, okay? But I was running as fast as I could, trying to get back to third base. And sure enough, the first baseman is running the ball over and he throws it and I'm running and he hits me right in stride and I dive towards the bag. The guy comes sliding in. He's already—he's from first round and second. He's all the way going into third. And whenever he gets to third, I dive and I tag him out. But remember, I didn't know what happened at first base. I didn't know if I had thrown him out. I didn't know if he was safe and now he's running to second. And so after I dive and I tag this guy at third base, man I jump up and I'm just like I mean I'm just ready like I'm just looking like what's going on where's the guy at and it was the third out and everybody's like hey dude chill out like three outs like it's <laughs> the inning's over go inside but but you know the f- interesting thing about that is that th- our baseball coach showed that that clip of footage to all of his teams in the next few years because his whole mentality was, this is the way that you're supposed to attack the game. You have to be ready. And whenever I think about that, I think about how awesome would it be if that's how we lived life every day. I mean, if you just got up out of the bed and, man, you were just in the ready position. I mean, you were just ready for whatever life was going to bring you that day. Instead of something happening, you'd be like, oh, well, I wasn't ready for it. And the devil stole second base on you. And you could have thrown him Out, but you just weren't ready for it. You got to get in the ready position. But the ready position, the posture of being ready, starts with a mentality. Starts with a mentality of being ready for whatever God has for me. And God, when God gets ready for selection, He looks for people that are in position. When God gets ready for selection, he looks for people that are in, in position. He doesn't look for per- perfection, he looks for position. I, I want to be clear tonight, God's not looking for perfect people, but God is looking for people that are in the right position. Look at uh, the people some of the people that God used that we've talked about here over the last uh, several Wednesdays, these last few months. We, we talked about David. And David just, he, he, his heart stayed in position. And this is why you know that God's not after perfection. Because how many of you understand that David committed adultery? David murdered a man. He's a murderer and an adulterer. And the word of God says that David was a man after God's own heart. How how? Can that be so? How can he be the greatest king in the history of Israel? And yet he committed such violent sins because his heart was always moving back into position and he was getting in position through repentance. Whenever he sinned, he went before the Lord. He said, God, I am sorry. God, I don't don't take your spirit from me. Please restore me. Please cleanse me. Give me a new heart. Give me a new mind. Do a new work inside of me. And through Repentance and change, David always stayed in the right. Position. Whenever you look at Joseph, Joseph never got out of position. Joseph was in a pit, was thrown into a pit by his brothers. He was sold out by Potiphar and thrown into prison. We can see all of these places that Joseph went in his life, but his heart never got out of position because he never let bitterness in his heart. He never let anger in his heart. And because he fought those things off, his heart always stayed in the right position. So when God got ready to select the right man, He was looking for the person in position, and there was Joseph in the right position. Nehemiah. Nehemiah was in exile thousands of miles, hundreds of of miles away from Jerusalem, but his heart was still in position. He had a heart for what God had a heart for. He had a heart for the people of God. He had a heart for the city of God. He had a heart for Jerusalem, and because of that, God was able to use him because his heart was in the right position. When we, look at, when we look at Noah, and we, we didn't talk about Noah in this series, but um, uh, this is what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. It says, the, the Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth. He saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. So the Lord was sorry that he ever made them and put them on the earth. It broke his heart. The Lord said, I will wipe this human race I've created from the face of the earth. Yes, I will destroy every living thing, all the people, the large animal, the smallest animal, the scurry along the ground, even the birds of the sky. I am sorry that I ever made them. But Noah found favor with the Lord. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on earth at the time, and he walked in close fellowship with God. Now, if you know the story of Noah, Noah ends up and he builds the ark and two of all the animals come and they get on the ark and God spares uh, humanity through Noah and the animals he saves and all, all that. So it's a it's, a, it's a, a wonderful story. But whenever we look at this, Noah wasn't selected to build the ark because he was an expert boat builder. Noah was not selected to because he he had a certain title like priest or like pastor. No, Noah walked in close fellowship with God. Noah was just in position. And when God got ready for selection to choose somebody to use, to choose somebody to bless, to choose somebody to be the vehicle to save humanity, when, when God got ready for selection, he was looking for the person in position, and there was Noah walking hand. In hand in close fellowship with God, no pastor title, no priest title, no expertise in boat building, but God said, because you are walking with me in close fellowship, because your heart is connected to my heart, I'm going to use you to build the ark and I'm going to do great things through you. Because he was in position, he was in position and we see that God sent the, the angel Gabriel and he sent the angel Gabriel from heaven, and he sent the angel Gabriel uh, in, in our story there in Luke, he sent the angel Gabriel to an insignificant town, a place called Nazareth. I mean, even later in the New Testament, one uh, of one of the, uh, one of the you know, would-be future disciples says, can, "Can anything good come from Nazareth?" I mean, that, that was the reputation of Nazareth. And here the angel of God comes down from heaven and he goes to a place called Nazareth. It, it wasn't even a town. it's called a village. It's a village in Galilee. Galilee is some of the the least educated people in Israel. They were kind of on the outcast. They were in the rural community, and it's not even a city in Galilee. It's just a village. This is an insignificant place that Gabriel comes to, and not only is he sent to this insignificant town, he's also sent to speak to a poor teenage woman, which now we have to ask ourselves, what was so special about Mary? What was so special? Well, it wasn't her hometown. It wasn't her education level. What was so special about Mary? It definitely wasn't her experience because she had never been a mother before. It it wasn't any of those things. Why? What was so special about Mary? She was ready. She was in position to be selected by God. And and I want you to hear me very clear. You don't have to be ready for the finish line. You just have to be ready for the starting blocks. It's a big difference. You don't have to be the finished product. You don't have to be ready to be everything that God desires for you to be in your lifetime today. You just have to be ready. You have to be someone who is willing to go on the faith journey. You just have to be someone who is hungry for God's purpose. You just have to be someone who is looking and ready to trust God and to believe in him. And that's what God is looking for. God is just looking for people who who are in position, who are just ready, and whenever God, whenever God got ready to choose the mother who would give birth to Jesus Christ, he was looking for the one who was in position, and he said, I've found one. I have found a woman who is ready. I found a person who's ready. It's the first characteristic of Mary, and that we would all be ready, Amen that we would all have our heart in position, that we would all have our mind in the right position. Here's the second characteristic of Mary, is that she was reflective. Not only was she ready, but she was reflective. Verse 29 says this, Confused and disturbed, the story continues, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. I love the amplified version of verse 29. It says, But she was greatly perplexed at what the angel said and kept carefully considering what kind of greeting. This was. Now it benefits us to be reflective instead of rejective. Now I know rejective is not a real word, but you knew exactly what I meant whenever I said it. That is the power of our English language. It, it, it is a benefit to be reflect. I just didn't want you to think does he really think that's a word. That's why I have to say that. Like I know it's not a word, but it still communicates powerfully. It it benefits us whenever we are reflective and not Sometimes we don't immediately understand something, and it is our human nature to reject it instead of reflect on it. And Mary couldn't wrap her mind around the meaning of this angel's greeting and what, what he had come down to say. She couldn't fully understand what he was trying to say in that moment, but there's something powerful that we can't miss. She didn't understand it, but she also did not disregard it. She didn't understand. She was perplexed confused maybe a little disturbed but but she was not going to disregard what the angel had said and many times we are too quick to judge and too quick to discount things in our own lives we we're quick to to discount um uh, you know, comments that are made by our spouse. We, we discard things that uh, we read in a book or a trial that we face or a comment that a friend makes. So we're so quick to judge those things or discount those things. And sometimes we can even be quick to discount and to judge what God is trying to show and what God is trying to speak to us. God says, when you go on a 40 day fast, Say, I'll bind the devil in Jesus' name. (laughs) I want want, want you to eat only vegetables for the next 21 days. We say, wait, wait a minute. That can't be God. There's no no way. I'm, I'm quick to discount certain things. Whenever you get into a trial and God's saying, hey, this is good for you, this trouble you're going through right now, hey, this is good for you. Let it Change you, and we are so quick to discount it. We are so quick to throw it to the side. We are so quick to reject things like this because we really don't understand it and it doesn't make sense to us. And so we reject instead of reflect. But whenever we see the characteristic of Mary, she didn't understand it, but she wasn't disregarding it. And she said, I'm gonna, I, I don't understand it, but I'm gonna reflect on it for a while. And I'm just gonna stay right here and I'm gonna keep asking myself questions and I'm gonna keep letting this percolate in my mind and in my heart. and I'm going to keep meditating on what I've heard. And although I don't have all the answers right now, I'm not just going to reject it and judge it and walk away from it. I'm just going to stay here in the midst of it. Romans 5 verse 3 through 5 says this, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character is strengthens our confident hope of salvation and this hope will lead not will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly god loves us because he has given us the holy spirit to fill our hearts with his Love, you know. Sometimes when we enter into a problem, when we step into trouble, when we find ourselves surrounded by a trial, we are so quick to just want to get out of it. We are so quick to dismiss this from our life. We we want to ignore it that it's even going on. But here, God's saying, "No, you need to rejoice in the midst of it because I want to use even your trial and even your trouble and even your pain. How do I want?" Want to use that, God says, I want to use that to develop endurance in you, and that endurance is going to create strength of character, and that strength of character is going to take you to a confident hope of salvation, so that you know that you know that you know that even in the midst of your trial and your trouble, I'm going to come through for you, I am going to come save you, I am going to rescue you, I'm going to see you to the other side, I'm not going to leave you, I'm not going to forsake you. And if I don't put you in a trial and let your endurance develop and let your character develop, then you're not going to have the confident hope you need to know that I'm going to come through for you in the end. It says, this hope's not going to disappoint. For we know how dearly God loves us and that he has given us his Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love so that I can be in the middle of a storm and my heart can still be filled up with his love so that I never question who he is. I don't ever question that he's a good, good father because my heart is so filled with his love. I know that he loves me. I know that he's for me. And I know that he will use the storm to benefit me. But you see, you don't get that if you're not reflective. You have to live reflective. If you live reflective, God can use things even that you don't understand and the seasons of life that you didn't anticipate to develop you and to push you forward if you are reflective. If you are rejective, many times you will miss what God is trying to do in you and ultimately what God tries to do through you just because I'm rejecting this season of life, I'm rejecting this comment, I'm rejecting this suggestion, I'm rejecting what I read, I'm rejecting. And because I reject it, because I don't understand it, God can't use it to do in me and through me what he wants to do. But what we see in Mary, well, she was reflective. I, I, I don't really understand it. I don't really know but I'm going to hold it close to my heart. I don't really get it all, but I'm not going to let that hold me back. Here's the third characteristic we see in Mary, and that Mary was responsive. Mary was responsive. The story continues, verse 34. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. Everybody say, good question. Good question, Mary, good question. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say that she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the Word of God will never Fail. Some translations say for nothing is impossible with God. Verse 38, Mary responded, Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Mary's reflection did not keep her from responding. You see, just like There is a trap to reject instead of reflect. There is also a trap to get stuck in reflection and never respond. There is a trap that I just continually think about things and I never respond. I'm always reflecting, but I'm never responding. Even though Mary didn't understand it all, even though it wasn't making sense, and she took the stance of reflection, saying, I'm, I'm perplexed, but I'm going to keep working through this. She did not let that paralyze her. And so many times, even if we're not rejective, but we're reflective, we can get stuck in our own thoughts and we never respond back to God. We're trying to figure it all out. What is God saying? What does that verse mean? What was Pastor Philip talking about? And we're all reflective and we're reflective. And we go deep down into our soul and to the issues of our past. And we, we we go through this whole journey and it's wonderful. And we stay on that journey and it's like, okay, now it's time to respond. But we're still on that journey of reflection. And, well, this happened to me when I was 12 and that happened to me when I was 14. I don't know. That might happen to me when I'm 65. And I, we're just in this whole reflection phase of what is God trying to do and what is he really trying to do? trying to say? And am I missing a part of this and I don't really get it? And because we are so caught in our own reflection, we never respond back to God with a statement. What I love about Mary, she was reflective, but she didn't let her reflection keep her from responding to the Lord. And she responded in the statement. And I love this statement because she responded with humility and faith. She responded with humility and faith. She responded to to the angel right there in, the, in verse thirty-eight, and she says, "I am the Lord's servant. I am the Lord's servant." She responded with humility. You know, sometimes I think we 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 like to respond like, "God, what took you so long to recognize my greatness?" God, I mean, I, I've I've been here. What took you so long to recognize my gifting? God, what what took you so long to pick my number, God? God, I, I don't know what you've been doing up there, but I've been preparing, and I, I I mean I'm so ready for this, and I'm so I'm so ready. But but here Mary responds with humility, and she says, "I'm I'm just the Lord's servant." I hear what you're saying to me right now. I'm gonna give birth to the Messiah. And and we know as you study the text, we know that as she gets into her her praise here that we're gonna talk about in the end, so much so much of it is reflected from the Old Testament praise of Hannah. So we know that she was familiar with the word. We know that she had the word of God in her. We know that she knew what the angel was talking about. You are going to give birth to the Messiah. This is who they have all waited for. She was very well aware of what he was saying. She didn't quite understand it all, but she knew the big picture of what he was trying to say. And instead of saying, Wow, I can't believe that this this is me. She just bowed her and said, whatever, I am the Lord's servant. She responded in humility. You see, when God chooses us, it's never about how good we are. It's always about how good he is. And so she knows, I, I hear what you're saying to me that I'm favored. And the only reason I'm favored is because he is good and he chose to favor me. I hear what you're saying that I'm blessed, but I'm only blessed because he has decided to bless me. It's not about who I am. It's all about who He is. Humility is so important. The Bible says in James 4 verse 10, Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. And we see this lived out in Mary's life. She took the humble position of the servant. She was chosen to be the mother of Jesus and she took the humble position of a servant. And because of the attitude of humility, God was able to lift her up in tremendous honor. But you know what I love about it? I love that she didn't stop there. I love that she did not stop there. She moved on to a faith statement and she said to the angel, I am the Lord's servant and may everything you said about me come true. Man, I love that because sometimes we can just, you know, meek and mild and oh yeah, okay, I'm just I'm the Lord's servant. But Mary didn't stop with I'm Lord. She took the seat of humility, but then she said, but no, let me say, let me say, let me let me throw something bold out there in faith. And I want everything that you just said about me to come true. If that's my destiny, let it come true. If that's who I'm supposed to be, you let it come true. I want everything that God has for me, and if that's it, then bring it on. I want it all. I love her faith here in this moment. Mary might not have understood all that was happening in the moment, but she wasn't going to retreat in fear. Instead, she was going to respond in faith. And here's what you'll figure out about fear. Fear is best friends with uncertainty. Have you discovered that, that fear is best friends with uncertainty? You typically, You typically always find them hanging out together. Whenever the economy gets uncertain, people get afraid. Whenever uh, you know category five hurricanes are coming up, pe- 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 people people get afraid. When all whenever there's uncertainty, because there's uncertainty with the weather, there's uncertainty with the stock market, there's uncertainty about what's going to happen in North Korea. There's uncertainty about what, and the temptation is with uncertainty. Here comes its best friend, fear, and they go everywhere together because fear and uncertainty. And and now this was an uncertain situation. She did not fully understand everything that was going to take place. And this would have been a perfect moment for fear to attach itself to Mary's life. And it's the same is true in our lives. There will always be uncertainty in your life. There will always be uncertainty. So, so how do you overcome the temptation to fear? If fear is always attached to uncertainty and your life is going to be filled with uncertainty, how do you not live in fear? That's a great question, right? Because I I need to know my my there's going to be uncertainty in my days, there's going to be some uncertainty in my weeks, there's going to be some uncertainty in my health, there's going to be some uncertainty in my, my spouse, there's going to be some uncertainty in my job. There's going to, there's going to be some uncertainty in life. So if there's going to be uncertainty and fear always tries to piggyback and be best friends with uncertainty, then how do I avoid the temptation of fear? Here's what fear uh, is fueled by. Fear is fueled when I focus on the outcome of the future. But faith is fueled when I focus on the one who holds my future. Fear is is fueled by when I focus on the outcome of the future because I never know exactly what that outcome is going to be. And I can't guess it, and I can't always predict it. And because I am uncertain about the outcome, when my focus is on the outcome of my future, then I am putting fuel on my fear. But whenever I'm not focused on the outcome of the future, and I just focus on the one who holds my future, and I know no matter what happens out here, I'm going to be okay in here because he is holding me, and he is guiding me, and he is my protector, and he is my provision, and he is everything that he declared he would be in my life. Whenever I'm focused on him, then guess what? Now my faith is being fueled because of my focus. The future is uncertain, but the one who holds your future is very certain. There is no uncertainty in him. He is certain. So when I focus on the certainty, I'm pouring faith into my life. I am fueling the faith when I focus on the uncertainty. I am fueling the fear when I focus on what is un- uncertain, and what is uncertain is the outcome. I cannot do that. So my, my, my focus is, is what, is what uh, or my fuel is going to be wherever I focus. And so I've got to make sure I'm focused on the right things so that I can be fueling the right things in my life. Hebrews 11.6 says this, It's impossible to please God without faith. It's impossible. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And anyone who wants to come to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who sincerely, diligently, earnestly seek after him. And so what we we see is... And this is that without faith, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So I've got to make sure that I have faith in my life. So if I have uncertainty and my uncertainty is going to be, or my fear is going to come when I focus on the outcome, I've got to stop trying to focus on the outcome of the future, stop trying to predict what's going to happen. I've got to fix my eyes on Jesus. I've got to get my eyes on the one who created it all. I've got to get my eyes on the one who holds my future, and whenever I do, that, I can live in faith. And when I live in faith, I can please God. And all of that happens because I'm focused on the right things. Focus on the right things. I've got to have that, that faith response that, that Mary had. She had the faith response. She had such a faith response that the angel left. <laughs> Our work is done here. I'm going back. So much faith. She responded with so much faith. I mean, I wonder if, like, there's something left out of the script. Like, I wonder if, like, Gabriel gave her, like, a high five. You know, like, just, a like, great job. You know what I mean? Like, good game. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I, those are the kind of things that I wonder about. But she had this statement of humility and the statement of faith, and she responded. She responded. Here's number four. The fourth characteristic we see in Mary is that she was reactive. She was reactive. In verse 39, it says, a few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. Not only did Mary have the right response she puts some things into action. You know, there's a difference between responding and reacting. Responding is that I have the right response in the moment. I say the right thing, but reacting, that's when I got to put some action to it. And here, Mary doesn't just have the right response to the angel. No, a few days later, she packs up her bag, and she hurries into the hill country to meet with Elizabeth. You know, sometimes it's easy to respond to God with faith in the moment, but then we don't put any movement to it. And every faith moment demands forward movement. Every faith moment demands forward movement movement every faith moment demands forward movement you have you you have a, a sunday where you you lift your hand it is a faith moment for you yes i need to receive jesus christ as my lord and savior yes there's some things that i need to change it is a faith moment i'm having the right response to what the holy spirit is saying to me i have a right response to the word of god that was preached yes it is a faith moment but what i want to know is do you have any forward movement? Because every faith moment demands forward movement. It's not enough just to respond right way to the angel. No, you got to pack your bags and begin to move. Mary wasn't going to just wait and see what was going to happen. She wasn't just going to sit back and let things happen. No, she was going to hurry and see. She packed up her bags. She went to see her relative Elizabeth. She didn't want to just hear about a miracle from the angel. She wanted to see and celebrate the miracle herself. Elizabeth said, You are blessed because you have believed that the Lord would do what he said. You, you are blessed because you believed. When we act, excuse me, we act when we believe. We act when we believe, but when we don't really believe, we don't really act. When we believe, we act. When we don't really believe, then we don't act. And the thing I love about Mary is that she reacted immediately. She didn't wait. She didn't wait a few months. She didn't wait a few weeks. No, she reacted immediately. And and, and sometimes uh, you know, we just have to come, we just have to break it all the way down. And, you know, it's like w- with whenever, you, you know, you have kids. When they believe what you say, you know, if they really believe that you're really going to go take them to get ice cream if they clean their room, they're going to go clean their room. Amen. But if you've used that trick before and then you didn't go take them for ice cream, no, Dad, you can clean that room yourself. Because when we believe, we act. And and when we don't really believe, then we don't really act. And, And it was her action that was proof of her belief. That belief, that faith, was what created her blessing. Elizabeth said, you are blessed. You are blessed because you believe. You're blessed because you believe the word of God. You are blessed because you believe that God would do what he said. You are blessed. You see, people, belief matters. What we believe matters. Why? Because belief is what builds the bridge to your blessing. You believed and you're blessed. Blessed. You believed and you're blessed. And if you ever wonder, what do I really believe? All you have to do is look at your actions. Your actions will always tell you what you really believe. Do I really believe that prayer makes a difference? Well, look at my action and see how much am I praying. Because my actions are always proof of my I believe that the Word of God will change me. Well, if if I believe that, but I'm not reading the Word of God, my actions are what is the proof of my real beliefs. Actions are the proof of our belief. That's why the Bible says faith without works is what? Dead. Faith without works is dead because there's a moment of faith... But it must be followed up by the action. It must be followed up. Yes, I had the right response, but now can I react in the right way? Yes, I I had a faith moment, but do I have forward movement? Faith without works is dead. That just means it's useless. It's not going to do you any good. So I don't want to just have a faith moment in my life. No, I want to put some forward movement in my life. I don't want to just be responsive. I want to be reactive and I want to be a person that moves in the right direction. And I want to be a person that's always moving because I'm moving towards what I believed. It was my belief that moved me. She believed that, come on now, let me, let's just talk about it. Elizabeth was pregnant, six months pregnant. She was barren. She was her relative. She had never had kids. She had tried to have kids. She had heard the sob stories at all the family reunions. She knew that she was not pregnant and she was barren. But now the angel comes up and says, you know what? She's six months pregnant now. And she said, I gotta pack my bags and I need to go see this for myself because I don't want to miss out on this miracle seeing it with my own eyes. You see, that is belief. Well, maybe she's pregnant. Maybe she's not. No, she believed. And because she believed, she moved. She was reactive. And here's the last thing that we take from Mary's life. And that is she was rejoiceful. She was rejoiceful. Come on. If you've already got one word that's not a real word, you might as well throw another one in there as well. She was rejoiceful. Let's look in verse 46 as the story continues. And Mary responds to Elizabeth. Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl. And from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, and he sent the rich away empty with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful for he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. I love, I just love this, this whole chapter. I love this whole story about Mary because we see that Mary was ready for the moment. She, she was just, she was ready not only was she ready, we, we see she was reflective. She was reflecting on what God was saying and what God was wanting to do. But not only was she reflective, she was responsive. She responded with humility. She responded with faith. But then she didn't stop at a response. She, she, went, she went all the way to reactive and she took action and she went to see for herself. But now it was simply time to rejoice. After responding and after reacting, now it's simply time to rejoice. And she says this. He says, "My, my soul praises the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Hear me tonight, church. We can't allow ourselves to get so caught up in everything that God is doing, that we forget to take a moment and worship the God who's doing it all. Man, she was doing every she's doing everything right. She was ready. She's the one that God chose. She she was in position. Man, we we see That she was reflective. She was taking it all in. She was absorbing the moment. God, what are you saying to me? God, what is this going to be like? She was reflective. She responded. Amen. she's doing everything right. She reacts. She's doing everything that she knows to do. But in the midst of doing everything that we know to do, let's don't forget this all-important moment of just rejoicing and celebrating the one who's done it all. I love, Mary just breaks out right here in Luke chapter 1, right here in Elizabeth's house. She comes in and Elizabeth gives her this greeting, gives her a a prophetic word over what she didn't know she was praying. She gives her this prophetic word. So it's just an amazing moment right here between Mary and Elizabeth. And they're they're there in Elizabeth's home and Mary just, just breaks into a praise party. No, do you have some hot tea for me? I mean, I just came all the way to the hill country of Judea. Not, not, hey, can we sit down and share a meal? No, no, no. She said, no, right now is the time and the moment to praise. Now is the time for my soul to rejoice. Now is the time for my spirit to worship the creator. You know, there are times in your life where you just need to do the same. Sometimes it's not time to prepare and it's not time to predict. Sometimes it's just time to praise. And in those moments, you need you a good 11 verses just like Mary had. You need to just take it all and you just need to take a moment and say, wait a minute, i got to take a time out because there's something that my soul needs to say to God. I need to just take a time out because it's time for my spirit to rejoice because he's been too good. He's done too many good things. He came and he rescued me. He came and he took He took care of his lowly servant here. Who am I that God should choose me? Who am I that God should love me? And I just need to take a moment and just let my soul and let my spirit connect with God and just take a moment to praise Him because He's the one that sets down the proud He's the one that exalts the humble He's the one that keeps His covenant promises from generation to generation and generation and I'm just living out the promise of Abraham some 2,000 years ago because my God is faithful and He's good and He's kind and it's just time for me to rejoice and praise God in the midst of everything that I'm going through Sometimes it's just time to praise. In the middle of your day, you just need to come out and praise. In the middle of your trial in the middle of your difficulty when you don't even understand everything that's really going on I don't know how this is going to play out but I know there's something that I've got to do right now and it's not planned and it's not prepared and it's not to think ahead and now's not the time to reflect and now's not the time to respond and now's not the time uh, to, to do these other things, no right now now is the time for me just to lift my hands and it's time for me to rejoice and it's time for me to celebrate and it's time for me to praise the one who is worthy of my life and my my attention and my heart and my future. He's the one that's worthy of it all. And I've just got to lift up my praise to him. There comes a moment and it's just time to praise. I want you to stand with me tonight. Well, I want you just to bow your head for a moment. Well, these are just five characteristics that we can take from Mary's life that can challenge us today. Five characteristics from from the young woman that God chose to be the mother of His one and only Son. When there's something about the life of Mary that can speak to us tonight. challenge us it can convict us it can cause us to elevate our life because we chose to evaluate our life tonight according to these characteristics come on tonight are you in position when he comes ready for selection when God's looking for somebody to use in your office complex. God's looking for somebody to use in this city. God's looking for somebody to use. When it comes to God's selection, come on, are you in position? Are you in position? Do you have the right mentality that's creating the right posture where you're ready for God to do whatever he wants to do? Are you ready? Are are you reflective? Come on, are there some words that you've rejected here lately? Are there some things that were coming into your heart and your mind you rejected them? Maybe even a a little bit of trouble, a little trial, and you've ignored that, pushed it to the side, put it on the back burner. You've, You've rejected it. God's asking you to reflect on it so that he can do something in you in the midst of it. How's your response tonight? How's your response? Are you responding in humility? I am the Lord's servant. I am the Lord's servant. But tied to that humility, are you responding with faith? Let everything that you said about me come true. Let me be more than a conqueror. Let me see greater things in my life. are you reactive? Are you reactive? Have you let your faith moment turn into forward movement? And tonight are you rejoiceful? Are you full of rejoicing? in your heart do you take those moments and just have a praise party in your in your own kitchen do you just take those moments as you drive home from work and it's not time for anything else but just a moment of praise and thanksgiving to God to rejoice for all that he is and all that he's done. Come on, tonight, where do we stand in the characteristics of Mary? Now you say, Philippi. I know that there's one of these characteristics, maybe two, maybe three, that I I really need to take, really spoke to me tonight, and I'm going to take it, and I'm really going to meditate on it. I'm going to take it tonight, and I'm going to take it to heart. I'm going to let the life of Mary speak to me. I'm going to let the heart of Mary speak to me. I'm gonna let it change me. And I'm gonna let it make me a better spouse. I'm gonna let it make me a better mom, a dad, a better follower of Christ. I'm, I'm gonna let it transform me. I'm gonna let it push me forward down the road, the journey of faith. Say tonight, tonight there, there there's there's one area, God, God's really speaking, maybe two, maybe three. Say tonight, God's speaking to me in these areas and he's saying, I just I wanna be a I wanna be a willing vessel, I wanna be a willing servant. I want God to maximize this word in my life. Come on, if that's you tonight, if that's you tonight, come on, just lift your hand right now, right there where you are. Say there's one, two, two of these principles, characteristics from Mary, really speaking to my heart, really challenging me, really convicting me, really causing me to search within myself. As I pray tonight, I, I, I don't want you to pray after me. I just want you to pray quietly with me. As I pray. Because I believe tonight there's something that you want to say to God. I believe there's something that you need to say to God. And you need to say it in your own way. And you need to say it in your own word. So I'm going to pray for you tonight. But as I pray I just want you to have a short conversation with God. And I want you to pour out your heart. I want you to pour out what you're feeling right now in this moment. I want you to make the commitments that you need to make. I want you to respond in the way that you need to respond right now in this moment. Father, I just pray for each and every everyone. God, that has their hands lifted right now. And God, I know that they are talking to you right now. I know that they are speaking. I know that they're pouring out their heart. God, I know that tonight, but God, I thank you tonight. I thank you that out of these characteristics of Mary's life, God, that we can take from them. We can glean from them. We can learn from them. That these characteristics characteristics can change us. They can transform us. They can mold us, God. Lord, I'm so thankful tonight, Lord, that you came and you saved us, but did you love us so much that you're not going going to leave us the way that we are. God, that you are going to constantly be changing us and challenging us and pulling us up and elevating us, God, and causing us to grow in so many ways. God, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that as we leave tonight, God, that the life of Mary would continue to speak to us, God, throughout this night and throughout the rest of this week, God. Lord, I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus and everyone in the place that believes says amen, amen and amen. Give God some praise tonight. Amen.